Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs. Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Drive in, temperature controlled, and high security, just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, we are uh, in the midst of the vote to remove Speaker McCarthy as Speaker. So far, they have 48 yeas and 38 nays. But like always, we're going to have our good friend Tommy Marquez, a Navy veteran, a senior staffer in Congress who might use his uh, knowledge to talk about what's going on today, and, um, you know, veterans affairs expert. So thanks for joining us on this Tuesday, Tommy. A lot of broken nonsense going on in Congress right now. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I don't miss it at all. Let me tell you, if I could explain what's going on today, I'd be making a lot more money than I make now. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone can make sense of what's going on uh, currently in D.C., which is why all the more reason I'm glad to be on your show and not on the House floor. So, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But as of right now, it's uh, 53 yeas, 41 nays. And this is the, the final vote to actually remove him. They went through the procedural vote to introduce the legislation, which passed, and then they tried to table it, which failed, and now they're taking the vote. It looks like it's just going to be January all over again where they're going to have uh, over a dozen votes to find a speaker and just end up probably in the same position they're in now anyway. Yes, it, it does seem like that's going to be the case, which is what I kind of thought. I, I know people don't understand this, and I'm going to talk to everyone about the VA in a minute, but I, I try to explain this to people all the time. I remember... Uh, when our member was going to vote uh, again for Paul Ryan to be the speaker, and several people were upset because we had a very conservative district, which was crazy considering we were in California, but it was like the third most conservative district in the country. And I had to explain to people at the time that if we didn't vote for Speaker Ryan, and, we didn't, and too many Republicans voted against it, potentially there was a scenario where Nancy Pelosi would be the speaker again. And then we'd have a Republican-controlled House with a Democrat-controlled Speaker, and therefore that would not be good either. And it was amazing to me that about 90% of the callers who I was explaining this to had no idea that that was the case. And the Speaker, and, even if the Republicans have the majority, the Speaker controls the, the, what, goes, what goes out. Yeah, absolutely. The agenda. The Speaker controls everything in leadership, picking who's in what uh, uh, different committees and the committees are everything because you have to be in that committee for legislation to come out. So even if you have a great piece of legislation like we did to pay spouses, no matter what, if uh, the life insurance, if a veteran or an armed forces service member dies, but we weren't on that VA committee. So we could not get it out of the VA, com- the VA committee for it to get voted on something that everybody would have voted on, but we were in the wrong committee. Incredible. Um, so, yeah, it, it's important. Hey, so, I want to talk about uh, some mistakes that veterans are making, if I may. Sure. Yeah, so I hear this term all the time, and terminology is so important. And just like what you see what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now, this is kind of happening with veterans all the time, too, where people make an assumption of something that's going to be a certain way, and it turns out that you know, there's a million different variables and you can be spinning your wheels for, in this case, in DC days and days for a veteran, it could be eight to nine years. 
we're talking about appeals. Uh, an appeal could be for anything from a veteran's disability compensation application, their pension and survivor benefit uh, uh, benefits for the widows or children if they're under a certain age, uh, fiduciary claim and education benefits such as the post 9-11 GI Bill, that's probably the most known one, VRNE, which is Veterans Readiness and Employment, uh, which is a, also an education program, or like the home loan guarantee. Now, veterans often do an appeal, and they hear the term appeal, and they think, well, this means that, uh, that I go and I, I file and I get to speak my case in front of a judge. Well, yes, that is true, but there's different types of appeals. First and foremost, the actual, you know, appeal process is done with the BVA, the Board of Veterans Appeals. And I tell this to veterans all the time. What did you file? Did you file an appeal or a supplemental claim, a higher level review uh, claim? And veterans don't know. Well, the reason why I ask is because an appeal before, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances are, it's going to take eight years currently before it is heard at the BVA. And I know some people are going to immediately say, well, you know, Congress has got to do a better job. They need to hire more people. We have quadrupled the number of law judges and legal professionals there at the BVA for appeals. And it's, it's gotten down from nine years to eight years. That's 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 where we're at, and a lot, know, a lot no of progress process. there. <laughs> yeah, well, as you know, Rob, you just can't throw money at a problem and thinking it's gonna um, go away. The reality is, is more veterans become educated on their benefits, more of them are gonna apply, but also more of them are gonna be denied. Uh, sadly, I've actually seen people put in claims for benefits that they clearly uh, don't qualify for. And yet they want to put it in and they think, well, I'll just appeal it. And what they don't realize is that they're kind of fighting a few, to, uh, you know, a feudal war and, and they're causing this backlog. Nevertheless, you know, there is a lot of cases, though, where veterans don't fight it. And I tell them, you got to do an appeal. But when I say an appeal and when most people hear the word appeal, they think of going this route. But what they don't know is that there's a better way. And I highly recommend these other ways whenever possible. So if you want your claim to be reviewed and you just think that they made a mistake, and a lot of times when you get your disability compensation claim or your home loan guarantee, for instance, they, would say, they may say, hey, you weren't in long enough. But let's say you had a purple heart. So it doesn't matter how long you're in, you got a purple heart, you can get a, a veteran home loan guarantee through the VA. Well, with a supplemental, excuse me, with a higher level review, all that happens is somebody who's more experienced at the VA will take a look at all the circumstances in your case. Now, the people who do the higher level reviews, they accomplish this in about six months. But also, they're really experienced, and they're some of the highest rated personnel at the VA. So they can look at it and see it and say, oh, you know what? The person who did this didn't do a good job. We see the mistakes that they made. You know, maybe they were saying you weren't in Vietnam and that you were a, a blue water Navy veteran when really you were, a, you know, a brown water veteran. 
or said you didn't have, you know, a, you know, the PAC deck. Let's look at that, for instance. They, they may have missed that you were in Syria, Djibouti, Kuwait, wherever, that qualifies you for that benefit. So by doing a, sup, uh, a higher level review, excuse me, I keep trying to say supplemental, I don't know why, Freudian slip, but by doing the higher level review, you have a more experienced, a highly rated VA professional in there looking at it and getting it done in about six months. The downside to the higher level review is very simple. It's you're not allowed to provo uh, provide any new additional evidence, zero. They're looking at it quickly, you know, in, in VA terms, it's quickly at least. Uh, but, you know, they're not allowing any new evidence to be uh, reviewed or considered in that matter. Now, the supplemental claim gets done in about eight to nine months currently. And a supplemental claim is an alternative to the appeal and to the higher level review. A supplemental claim is done by, again, a very experienced individual at the VA. However, in a supplemental claim, you are allowed to present evidence, new information. Now, the downside to it is you have to provide that evidence, and it has to be new. And uh, the other point is that it does take a little longer than the higher level review. But in the case, for some reason, if it doesn't show in your military records that let's say you were boots on the ground in Vietnam and you were trying to get that Agent Orange claim back in the day. Now with Blue Water Navy, uh, you know, those things have changed, but let's just use that as an example. And you could provide a photo of you in Vietnam physically touching the ground with your shoes. Uh, guess what? You would have qualified under the supplemental claim because you would have been able to provide that photo. And I actually did this a couple times for veterans when I was working in Congress. We actually found old cruise books from their ships that proved that they were actually in Vietnam, and we helped them get their Agent Orange benefits for compensation. Now, another good thing with a supplemental claim is a lot of reservists for the home loan guarantee and the edu education benefits. The reserves are notoriously bad at documenting everyone's reserve points, especially if you go active duty, because you're kind of there, but you're not there technically because you're on a separate roles uh, when they do the accounting and everything. So all that information can be lost all the time. It's very, very common. So by providing that in a supplemental claim and having the opportunity to present that new evidence, like, hey, here's a, here's a copy of my orders from when I was activated that shows that I do have the points to get that VA home loan guarantee or that GI bill or the full GI bill or the VR&E program or pension benefits. I can prove that my uh, widow -er was uh, you know, deployed somewhere or that he did have enough days for me to get this benefit during a time of war. And so you can provide that and, and that really can give you a leg up on getting in, uh, receiving that benefit. But if you do an appeal, if, if all else fails and you do an appeal, know this. It's an eight-year process. It's an actual legal proceeding that is really, really cumbersome. And I'll tell you where veterans do make a big mistake is they try to make an argument that appeals to the heartstrings of these judges saying, hey, you know, I, all my life I wanted to be a Marine or all my life I wanted to be a fighter pilot, whatever it may be. I will tell you that's great, and I feel you, 
But that is not going to help your case at all. These judges have no hearts. If they had hearts, they would be working somewhere else, trust me, not the VA. They have to look at things from a strictly factual-based mindset, uh, which is absent in a lot of courts these days, right, as we're watching the news at all. And what they do is they say, hey, does this individual meet this criteria? And that's what you need to focus on. The eligibility criteria are the reason why you were denied. It's in your letter. Focus on changing that. Focus on articulating how that point that they've made that you didn't qualify for this benefit because of A, B, and C. The A, B, and C are wrong, and here's why. That's what you need to do. But by all means, you know, avoid trying to do an appeal. Unless you want to wait eight years um, before it's even heard, I highly recommend you do a supplemental claim. And again, a supplemental claim, you're, you're able to do that by providing new information uh, that proves your, your point, new evidence, or a higher level review, which is the quickest way. Um, and that, again, is a situation where you believe the VA made a mistake on your claim and they have not looked at all the evidence that is already presented to them. So those are my recommendations. Please, though, avoid doing the pill if you can. Um, it's just such a long process, and it's just taxing the system down when we could have a lot of this resolved much quicker for the veterans and their widows by doing a higher-level review or a supplemental claim. Great advice, as always, Tommy. And, again, eight years is a long time to wait for that appeal. Again, where can people follow you if they want to see your work out there on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Tommy Marquez Consulting. I'm also on LinkedIn, just uh, Tommy Marquez. And I put all these videos out there for free. I charge nothing. I just try to get all this information out there for veterans. And I do a lot of how-to videos, everything from discounts to deals to disability percentages. Well, I know I appreciate it, and I know our listeners appreciate it because they've taken you up on their advice a bunch of times. We know that for a fact. So, Tommy, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Rob. Thanks. It is uh, 424. It's time for the birthday girl with traffic. All right. I'm really not one of those people who's like, it's my girl. birthday, it's my birthday, it's my birthday. What do no, you do? No, I could say it. Well, okay, well, you let you me do it. say it. I said it. I, I mean, I, talk, I mentioned it because I was talking Happy about life. Birthday. All right, wait. Okay, you sing great, but where's my gift? Happy Let's just birthday. go right there. I can't eat ice cream. Sorry. Uh, so you didn't bring my ice cream cake? No ice cream. If yeah. I'm on Be the New You, you're on Be the New You. We can't have ice well, cream. Well, so you could have brought a salad. I, uh, you a know, salad. Yeah, that would have been that would have went over real well. And I would be okay if you put a candle in a cup of coffee. I'd be good. Okay, I'm not really that hard to please, for gosh sakes. No. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. We have a little bit of slowing 81 southbound music to Pittston. You're dipping under 35 miles per hour. Things are bumper to bumper on South River Street in Wilkesbury. Kaiser Avenue in Scranton has some heavy traffic and. North Blakely Street in Dunmore. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Why didn't I take the afternoon off? You know what the best part of today huh? is? I bought Bob Cordero a gift. Like, what's wrong that. with me? Well, that's not the best part of my day. Uh, you know okay. what the best part of today is? Huh. You're now older than me. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because you look so much older. Yeah, I'm only kidding. Uh-huh. Um, but why would I buy Bob a gift for my birthday? He didn't even wish me a happy birthday. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, 
All What's right. wrong with me? It's going to be strange if it's not here when he gets here tomorrow. I know. Right? I should put a note on it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll give it to myself for my birthday. There you All go. Right? Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. This afternoon, sunny, high, low in the 80s. Tonight, patchy fog, low 61. Wednesday, mostly sunny, high 85. Thursday, partly sunny, high 78. Friday, showers and storms possible, high 73. It's 81 degrees and sunny now at 426 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 429 here in the station, 81 degrees and sunny. Looks like that vote right now is uh, 146 yeas, 148 nays to uh, vote Speaker McCarthy out. I believe he needs uh, 214 to remain the Speaker of the House. So it's going to be interesting to see where we uh, go from here. Keep you updated on that. Excuse me. Uh, and again, you have uh, Donald Trump in the second day of his fraud trial in New York City. And again, Trump's big mouth gets himself in trouble. And it seems to be, you know, his status quo with these things. And he's got to stop being stupid. And that's exactly what this was. He attacked the judge's law clerk on Truth Social on his social media platform, posting a picture of her with uh, Chuck Schumer and referencing that it is, what is she, his girlfriend? And the judge uh, demanded that it be taken down. It has since been taken down, but said it's gone out to millions of people, so it really doesn't matter that it's down or not. The judge sternly said that I warned your legal team yesterday that this would not be tolerated. You did it anyway, and I'm being very clear right now that the sanctions will be severe if this happens again. Again, I understand he wants to get his side of the story out there, but that's why he's in court. Allegedly, he's supposed to be taking the stand. But stop being dumb and stop tweeting stuff out, attacking the judge's staff that's hearing your trial. I mean, this is kind of trial 101 stuff. You don't attack the judge of the trial. I understand you're mad. There'll be plenty of time for that after the fact. Let your legal team do the talking and stop the nonsense. Uh, hopefully this, this warning from the judge stops these distractions from this case. Let the case happen. You're there. You're nothing you can do about being there now. Have your legal team fight the case on its merits. If you don't have merits and you want to lead to this, then then it doesn't look like it's a good time for you. But uh, you know that just came up as a live update on the trial here, where the judge uh, sternly warned Donald Trump about him attacking either him, the judge, meaning himself, or his staff, uh, especially with untrue posts. So uh, we'll see if he heeds the warning. If not. I could truly see Donald Trump being held in contempt, and we'll see what what happens from there. Um, now it's 431. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's so-called stand by a local artist called Nate Hosey. He's uh, busy with his hunting season right now. He's got a show on the hunting channel that you can check him out at. Uh, also great musician, performs in our area often. I appreciate him letting him use that song, Stand, about our flag and our national anthem. Uh, during this segment, where we honor our heroes across America. 74 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, three of them from here in Pennsylvania. We're going to start off with uh, Trooper Anthony Bench. Pennsylvania State Police in 1961 was killed in an automobile accident while returning uh, from pistol qualification with other troopers. The driver of the patrol car swerved to avoid striking a deer in the vehicle, went on to skid on wet pavement and struck a tree. He was thrown from the vehicle and killed instantly. 
Detective Joseph P. McGinn of the Philadelphia Police Department, 1920, was shot to death during a raid on a gambling den in 816 Passanunk Avenue in South Philadelphia. As detectives raided the establishment, 10 masked gunmen entered and attempted to rob it. Talk about poor timing. Detective McGinn, who was on vacation, had volunteered for the assignment. We also have policeman William D. Johnson. Philadelphia Police Department in 1887. Policeman William Johnson was shot and killed when he tried to arrest a man who had been causing a disturbance at the Palton Avenue station of the Pennsylvania Railroad. After being shot, Policeman Johnson returned fire but missed his assailant who fled. And uh, that's our three from our area. Appreciate uh, all the text messages. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. It's... um, so far, the votes are 210 yays to remove the speaker, Kevin McCarthy, and 194 yays. This looks like it's going to happen. Once that hits 214, it's at 212 now. Unless there's no vote changes, um, we're going to go into mayhem. The first time this has happened since 1910 in uh, the House of Representatives to see... Uh, you know, vote on a new speaker. And if they're not careful, just like we went through in January, um, you know, the Democrats could slip in a, a speaker of the House if if the Republicans are not careful here. They're playing a game that they, they shouldn't be playing right now. They're at 214 now to 198. So 215 to 198. So it looks like they definitely have the votes unless any are changed to remove the speaker. And again, what's the what's the what's the uh, alternative now? They put someone else. I don't care who they put in as Speaker of the House as a Republican. You're still dealing with a Democrat-controlled Senate. You're still dealing with a Democrat president. There needs to be compromise. It's the only way things get done in this environment. It's just pure fact. It doesn't matter who it is. You could put up the most conservative bill you want to put up. It's not going anywhere because it's never going to get through the Senate. Now, unless you're willing to hold this nation hostage and say, you know, the hell with everybody else. You're playing a dangerous game, and Matt Gates is going to wear this. You know, if it if it does end up in a shutdown in twenty, in forty what forty three days now, forty three days, you know, a thousand, a little over a thousand hours, um, you know, he'll be the one wearing it. But who knows? You know what his plan is. I, I think they're just going to go through, you know, two dozen votes to get a speaker where the Democrats are going to um, you nominate Hakeem Jeffries, and the Demo- and the Republicans are going to go through a list of people like they did in January and end up could be in the same place, which just in the end makes them look stupid. So they really need to cut this nonsense out. Again, it's uh, 216 to 206 now uh, on that vote. It is uh, 441 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. you got a bunch of happy birthdays. Oh, thank you, my friends. I really appreciate you very much. I'm humbled and, and, and enjoying life today. You know what I'm saying, Rob? Yeah. Rob, it is hot outside. It is gorgeous but i wore the wrong flannel because it was not so hot this morning (laughs) and i like it so i don't want to you know change no okay 
It's your birthday. You can do whatever you I want. I can do whatever I want. And roast today. Even if it is roast today. It's nice and cool in here. Yeah, it is. I, that, I might start working just from the studio. <laughs> this traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. We have uh, jammed up traffic 380 southbound right by the 80 junction. Looks like they're doing some road work in that area. 81 southbound slowing a little between Music and Pittston. Heavy traffic on the Morgan Highway, South Abington tra- Township, as well as Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit, Blakely Street in Dunmore, South River Street in Wilkes-Barre. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. This afternoon, sunny, high, low in the 80s. Tonight, patchy fog, low 61. Wednesday, mostly sunny, high 85. Thursday, partly sunny, high 78. Friday, showers and storms possible, high 73. And the last I heard, there's a decent cold front coming through this weekend. So you might want to get that weather, you know, between now and uh, Thursday. Last kind of days of summer. It's 81 degrees and sunny now at uh, 443 at your official weather station, WILK. Thought Jake was going to come back with Let the Bodies Hit the Floor here on WILK News Radio, the Rob O'Donnell Show. It is uh, 448 here at the station, 81 degrees and sunny. Well, the Speaker of the House, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, has been removed as Speaker of the House. It's official. The yes votes were 2016 to 2010. And um, we'll see what happens now. But uh, their Speaker McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, is uh, now former Speaker of the House. So uh, we'll see what happens. But it's a mess. Congress is broken, like I said. I understand a lot of their talking points, and I agree with a lot of the things that they want to pursue, but you have to open your eyes to reality of the makeup of the chambers of Congress, the House and the Senate. They are not the same. You cannot just push through whatever you want, and you, you, can, you can write whatever you want as the majority in the House and pass it probably if you have the votes, but it goes nowhere in the Senate. So where do, where do we go from here? You know, is is the answer to put something through that that has no chance of passing the Senate, or push something through that? Uh, again, this this last argument that they had is they wanted the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, to push through a bill that Chuck Schumer of the Senate said he wouldn't even bring to the floor. Just like the Senate had a bipartisan bill for the short-term continuing resolution that. Uh, Speaker McCarthy would not bring up to the floor till the last minute. There was a there was a, an agreement. Uh, looks like the House just went into recess, so I guess they'll go to their uh, chambers now. They'll go to their committees, their caucuses, as they call them, and see what happens next. But it truly just shows that Congress is broken. There is. Uh, just their record of not doing anything for the people. I, I shouldn't say anything. Not not doing the job they're they're there to do. Their primary responsibilities: passing appropriations, writing the laws. You know they want to complain about things all the time, but they do nothing to change those policies. They do nothing to change the laws when it's solely their responsibility to do such. You want to talk about border policies? Okay, well let's see some bills. Let's get some bills out there. You know you want to talk about the economy? Yeah. You want to talk about deficit? We're spending way too much. We have both sides. Everyone's responsible for that. I'm not picking one side or another. It seems to be okay under some circumstances or not on the others. Now, they want to throw 
the deficit under Donald Trump when you had COVID in there. And you listen, if COVID didn't happen, would he probably have still increased the deficit? Yes. It's, it's the, the chances are yes, because look at everyone has. So why would he be any different? But to kind of throw the numbers that they do out is disingenuous because, uh, because you did have the COVID. It was bipartisan legislation that put stimulus out there and the money that was out there for, for an unprecedented thing that I, I think and I hope they do different next time because it obviously put us in the situation we're in here. But like I said, they're just obviously broken. I mean, you had all the complaints. Look at all the, the talk and the screaming and jumping up and down about Oz not being a Pennsylvanian. And now you have the, the new guy running for Senate, uh, McCormick, where they're saying, you know, he's not in Pennsylvania now. And, and there's some paperwork that shows he does have a residence in Connecticut. His kids are registered to school in Connecticut. He does not get the homestead exemption here for a primary residence in Pennsylvania. So there are questions there. But then you turn around and you have Gavin Newsom of California appoint someone, uh, this Emily's List president, LaPanza Butler, who on all of her paperwork says she's a Maryland resident. On her social media, she's a resident of Maryland. In her donor card, she's a resident of Maryland. In her voter registration, she's a resident of Maryland. So there's enough documentation there to show the exact same things they brought up for this other. But it's okay when it's a Democrat. It's not when it's a Republican. So we're either going to have one set of rules or we're not. I'm getting tired of that. You know, It works different ways for, for different people. And until we get back with standards... It's just going to be exactly the way we see here. And we've seen time and time again them change the standards. We saw it with the Harry Reid rule, the nuclear option. And look, it came back to bite them. And we've seen it with other issues. We're seeing it now. Stop changing the standards because you're not going to be in power the entire time. And this goes for both sides. This isn't one side or the other. But don't tell me there's not two sets of rules. Don't tell me that you're going to jump up and down about Oz not being a resident of Pennsylvania or carpetbagger or whatever they call it. You're going to jump up and down about McCormick you know, having a house in, in Connecticut, but then you're literally going to appoint the third senator from California because one's from Maryland or the third, uh, the third, uh, third senator from Maryland because that's where she truly lives. Thankfully, as of now, she said she's just going to hold the post until there's a general election. And But we'll see. But it's that double standard. It's, you know, the rules don't apply to us. They apply to you. And then when we're in power, they don't apply to you. They apply to me. Stop it. There's standards for a reason. Let's hold up, uphold the standards. Let's stop playing these games. Congress is truly broken for every American. I don't care if you have a D or an R next to your name. I don't care how you vote. I don't care what your policies. I don't care what your beliefs are. Congress is broken. They are not working for us. Every single member of them. And if they tell you different, they're lying. That's if you get a chance to even speak to them. They think they're above the law. They think they're above answering to the people. All of them. And until we take that power back from them, until we start holding them accountable, until we start working together and limiting their money and power, it's just going to be the same old, same old. There's going to be no difference for that. 
It's uh, 454 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 457 here at the station. 81 degrees and sunny. Beautiful day outside. Take advantage of the next couple of days because I think the weather is going to change drastically this weekend. Uh, some breaking news. If you haven't heard, uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives Kevin McCarthy has been ousted as the Speaker of the House. Currently, the House of Representatives of the United States of America does not have a speaker. They have since um, moved themselves to recess. You have Matt Gates outside the Capitol building giving a plethora of interviews like he does often. But we'll see where he goes from here. It's uh, the, the Congress is pretty much in chaos right now without a speaker of the House. Um and we'll see where that goes. Well, that's breaking news out of Washington today that they did have the vote. It was 2016 to 2010 to remove Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. Well, it looks like there is some movement in the United Auto Workers strike. The United Auto Workers Union reached a tentative contract agreement with Mack Trucks um, the end of this weekend. They reached a tentative contract agreement with Mack Trucks that covers 4,000 workers in three states. Mack Trucks confirmed a tentative agreement. Now, then again, this has to go to the membership to ratify, but they have an agreement. On a five-year contract early Monday after the UAW announced a deal just before midnight on Sunday, the terms of this tentative agreement would deliver significantly increased wages and continue first-class benefits for Mack employees and their families. Mac President Stephen Roy said, at the, to- at the same time, it would allow the company to successfully compete in the market and continue making the necessary investments in our people, plants, and products. Nearly 4,000 UAW members at Mac Truck in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida, that's UAW Region 8 and Region 9, have a tentative agreement, the union said on social media. Doesn't say uh, what... The deal is, it doesn't say how it's been molded, so we really can't compare it on what they are requesting as far as the big three automakers. But the the UAW also expanded the strike in Detroit against the automakers, ordering 7,000 more workers to walk off the job in Illinois and Michigan. Now, Stellantis, the makers of Jeep, um, were spared from this third round of strike, so I guess they're making some kind of headway. Speaking to Stellantis, which I guess is the old Chrysler and now has Jeep under their umbrella. But the increased 7,000 workers are targeting Ford and GM plants as they refuse to make meaningful progress as per the UAW. So we'll, we'll see where that goes from there. But it looks like some good news for Mack Truck, American-made product here that's uh, world-renowned. It's uh, 5 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show to talk more about the chaos in Congress. We'll be back.